folks. Welcome to the Creative Language Learning Podcast with Kirsten Amers. Oh, here we go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 29 of the Creative Language Learning Podcast. I'm Kirsten and I've got a guest for you today. I'm here with Michael Schmitz, who is the man, the man on the internet that you need to talk to if you want to learn German. And you're not already talking to me, I guess, because I'm also a German teacher. <laughs> Hi, Michael. Hey, Kirsten. Hey. How are things? Um, not too bad, not too bad, seeing as we didn't start at 9 a.m. UK time and we started at 10 a.m. UK time, which is very reassuring for me. Do you also find that you often just miss out the time difference between England and Germany? No, only okay between England and Germany, because and I think in your case, because you are German and you speak German, uh, I assumed you were in the same time zone. But usually I make sure it's Berlin time that we talk about. Oh, yeah, I understand. So that doesn't happen that often. Mm, time, zones are a, time zones are a huge, huge factor, I think, yeah. in finding people to practice with. And I must admit that at the moment I'm, I'm learning Welsh, as many of the podcast listeners already know. And one of the nicest things about learning Welsh is that all the Welsh speakers tend to be in the UK. So they're all awake when I'm awake. And they, so you can get your, you know, if you're waiting for feedback in by posting something on Instagram or posting something on Facebook or using HelloTalk, you, you get it pretty much straight away because they're online when you are. And that's really nice. Okay, so this episode, episode 29 of the Creative Language Learning Podcast is brought to you guys with support from HelloTalk. HelloTalk, talk to the world. This is the world's first and lang largest mobile language exchange community What does that mean? It means language exchanges on your mobile phone, which isn't really new. You've probably done this already. So you've probably been using like WhatsApp or iMessage or one of the many other messaging services. So why would you do another one? Um, there's two things really that I can, I, I've tested HelloTalk quite thoroughly. And two reasons I really recommend it and I'm very much into it is because this app is so focused on language learning. It's not a chat app. It's totally a language learning app. It's got translation, text-to-speech, voice recognition, transliteration, if you're writing in a different script. It offers you grammar corrections so your partner can strike out what you're doing wrong and send you back what you said before, correct it, which is really, really nice. Um, and it's got a language exchange function that times you and actually gives you a little alert saying, you should now switch to the other language. So it really makes you want to play around because of all the features that there are. Um, HelloTalk is used by various language bloggers that we know and we trust. For example, Benny Lewis from Fluent, Lang Fluent, <laughs> I wish, from Fluent in Three Months. <laughs> Shannon Kennedy from Eurolinguist. And Kirsten and Lindsay from, you know, Fluent Language. And the Lindsay Does Languages video channel on YouTube and also Lindsay's website. So there's loads and loads of stuff that you can do. And I don't know, Michael, have you used, do you use apps for language learning? Do you recommend any apps for language learning? And have you tried HelloTalk yet? I think I took a look at HelloTalk, but I'm not a huge fan of Tandems. So um, I do not promote them that much. Mm -hmm. uh, I let my clients use Memrise. And my own app, of course, which helps you to deal with the German irregular verbs. Oh, my God. Is it like a, a conjugator app? Mm, oh, and yeah, there's a conjugator app, uh, Meister der Konjugation, that I also recommend. But no, my, my, I teach in that app, I teach you a technique, how to memorize quickly the patterns of irregular verbs. So you, you can actually go through all the core irregular verbs in less than two hours if you want and remember them for good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's what the app does. Excellent. I'll have to. Is it free? Can I download it on the... You can download it in the Android uh, in the Play Store or in the iTunes. Um, I, how is it called? On App iTunes. Store. App Store. <laughs> and um, it's freemium, so you get the technique for free and the first 20 verbs. If you want more, because they are all illustrated by a really nice illustrator, um, you would have to pay $2.99, which in my eyes is, is completely worth uh, the price. Now the app is worth the price because it saves you a lot of time and frustration. Now I'll make a note of that and we'll definitely have a look. And But you can do it on your own. Once you have the technique, you can create all the mental images on your own. 
just takes you two, three hours. And, you know, if, if you want to save three euros and rather work three hours for it, you have an hourly wage of one hour, uh, one euro. I'm not sure whether that's worth it. <laughs> you make a very strong point. All right, let me, let me back cycle. You mentioned so much there. You mentioned your clients. You mentioned um, who you're working with and you mentioned um, that you're teaching. And we haven't even introduced you properly yet. So... Michael, you're, you're the guy behind Smarter German. What is Smarter German? What, how can we be smarter about German? Oh, that's a really, really good question. Um, I think Smarter German came into existence because I realized the way German is taught is way too slow, way too inefficient. So even though the clients are smart, the system wasn't. And I turned out to become or yeah the one who revolutionized this who made the teaching process also smarter so that you can fully benefit from your own skill and and pre-knowledge i don't know if that makes any sense to you were you before you started this then were you in the system as a teacher or as a learner both um i started learning languages kind of um how to say systematically 20 years ago or 23 years ago now Uh, when I had a girlfriend from America and I suddenly found out I have a practical use of English. Yeah. I come from the countryside, so there is actually no English around and TV in the 80s <laughs> was literally German dubbed, yeah? so there was no real English input. Although that started at that point, the private channels had like Star Trek, the next generation in English, which was lovely and I started to watch that. And so... But I started teaching in 1999, I think it was, with Berlitz um, mm -hmm. because I was young and needed the money. So you started off classic, um, kind of like many, many young people will teach English in, in English language schools. You taught German in a German language school. Absolutely. Is this in, in, a, big, in a big city in Germany? Where, what was the need there? I was um, actually back then I was in Poland in Warsaw just mm -hmm. to learn the language and to, to make experiences. And um, again, I needed some money. Officially, I was a student and someone said, hey, go to Berlitz. They always look for native speakers. Um, so said and done. I went through their training and I thought, oh, wow, that's an interesting method. It's compelling. Yeah, because they forbid you to use the native language of the learner. So mm -hmm. you only speak German to them. And I thought that is a really nice idea at that time. Nowadays, I think completely different. But <laughs> this is how I got into it, and it gave me structure, which is something I back then didn't value much, but I realized how well that got me off. Yeah? It's, it's funny, isn't it? It's the, I, I feel that the, the modern language learner who comes out of a school system that is, you know, it's not just the language teaching, it is the entire system of you know, turning up at a set time, sitting down, working towards an exam, uh, being assessed in a very structured way. Um, you know, the school system is just a system. You're, you know, you are part, you're not, you're like a little cog in a system. And coming out of that, I feel that many people who, who feel, you know, the, the immense freedom of breaking out from school kind of, but have an interest in language learning, that we, we feel a a sort of backlash against everything that is system. So the backlash goes all the way from not just, oh, I don't want to sit in a classroom. It goes all the way to, I don't want to learn any grammar because that's prescriptive. I don't want to learn in any way somebody tells me to. I don't want to follow a structure because that is prescriptive. I'm just going to do immersion learning and I'm just going to speak and it'll be amazing and everything will be great. Um, and that is a kind of backlash. So it's really interesting to me. I, f I also feel coming back to structure at a later date and kind of going, oh, no, you do need to know a little bit of a system um, is a mature way of learning a language. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, I made the complete opposite experience. Um, I always was a good student in school, a pupil. Uh, I liked the given structure. And the moment I left that structure, I was kind of aimless and it took me 20 years to and I went through my studies without any significant outer structure I don't know how I did that to be honest and um, but I took a lot from my studies though but and even working in a school gave me just a very rough framework and of course that bloody um, rule I should not speak any English in class mm. yeah immersion 
yeah, I wouldn't call that immersion, to be honest. Um, but okay, but that's another topic for later. <laughs> um, and the moment I realized I'm good at what I'm doing, or actually I can do much, much more with what I'm, what I've learned over the years, I realized structure is what people seek. There's so many opportunities for German learners nowadays. They are just lost, and they follow the first best lead. Yeah, um, like. As long as it's free and looks nice and, and makes jing and jong, people just seem to like that for a certain time. And it's distracting in my eyes, misleading. And I turned everything to a very clear structure. And I personally enjoy that as a teacher and my clients as well. Mm -hmm. So your structure, would you compare it to say, what can be found in a textbook? Would you compare it to, do you follow the system of working through, for example, the European framework of, you know, accept or not accepting, but assuming that an A1 comes first and then an A2, et cetera, et cetera? Um, no, that's, uh, my, my teaching, of course, is roughly oriented um, at that framework because that's what everybody needs. So I prepare people for the B1 exam according to the framework. But honestly, it does not matter whether you start with a B1 grammar point or vocabulary is not, there's either words that are easier to remember and words that are more abstract to say this is A1 or B1 uh, doesn't really make sense. It's artificial. Mm -hmm. So you can start with, the, I usually start in the first week with the present perfect, um, with the perfect, not the present perfect. Yeah, the German perfect, because the past tense is what we like to talk about. And it's not that difficult to master. Mm hmm Yeah. So there is no, I feel not the need to do one first and then the second and the third. I go with the flow and also see what is the student capable of and also what does he or she need. I think that's one of the biggest advantages that we as private teachers have is that there's no outside thing telling us you have to do unit one and then you have to do unit two and then you have to do unit three but instead we can look like I have students where their speaking skills might be at a b1 level or well no not their speaking skills but they read at a super high level they understand me when I speak everyday German to them they understand Tagesschau the German news they really struggle when it comes to speaking um, and I go do you know what we're, we're, gonna, we're just going to do a one grammar for a little bit we're just going to do basic grammar and we'll do a few not drills but we'll do a few example sentences and really get this you know get the patterns into your you know give you the patterns as a habit so that eventually it becomes more of an automatic response you know so we're doing a bit of call and response kind of stuff because I feel that with everything I think you can This is this is what I talked about in Fluency Made Achievable and about having a balance in your language skills. You can set your own bar way too high for by being, say, a super good reader and forgetting that you haven't spent the same amount of time practicing speaking and then going, why don't I speak well when I read well? This sucks. Languages suck. I suck. And that's just, you know... How do you, yeah, so, so how do you go about, in your, in your teaching approach, what, what, how do you assess where a student is at? Do you take people just from, always from zero? Yeah, I wish, because a clean slate is easier to work with than someone who already has some fossilized mistakes. Interesting. No, I, I have all kinds of clients, um, really all kinds. I even prepared for test staff or DSH um, exams, but I think the most value you get out of working with me if you're a beginner because I can bring you to B1 in very short time. Yeah, And B2 is just more enjoyable with me, but I also, if I have the time or the client has the time, I usually take two to three months for B2, um, which is the same that you would need in, in language classes. Yeah, So I'm, I'm focusing on beginners because they also need the most structure and the most help. Mm. And as you say, you, you made a good point. We have different skills. And the problem is if you learn on your own or in a class, we like to focus on the things that we are good at. And we need someone to kick our asses to do the things we are not good at because they are more uncomfortable. Um, we need to put more effort into these. Like writing is a pain in the neck. Mm -hmm. yeah? But also speaking is very scary for, for many beginners. Yeah, Not for everyone. There's more extrovert people out there. Yeah. But so for this, 
this is the task of a tutor to balance these and to to guide the client to to work on the things that are not yet fluent or or smooth. And this you can only achieve with a private tutor. You don't get that in a group. Yeah. There's something really interesting that because I'm thinking about uh, a lot of the people who listen to this podcast um, and recently we did a survey and one of the feedbacks that came back was one of the feedback pieces of feedback that came back <laughs> was, um, oh, well, there's so many teachers on the podcast, but I'm a learner and I want to know what to do as a learner. And, I've, you know, it's it's. Yes and no, and I completely hear you guys definitely as as you you know send us so generously send us feedback on the podcast and one of the things and now i'm here, I'm here I'm talking to another teacher um and certainly what I want you to take away if you're listening to this is partly number one how well partly because I want to profile teachers and show how passionate we are and how much the school system again there's that word system um loses that individual passion you know and that there are people striking out and trying to do it differently but secondly I want to get some tips you know Michael out of you for mm -hmm. how how someone who say a lot of you know a, a, an objection I certainly come up against is well I haven't got money for a tutor and mm -hmm. especially a good tutor or somebody who you know a, a tutor who is experienced who has been doing this for a while has been around the block and realizes that you know they and, and lives in a country that isn't um the lowest cost of living will charge what they you know really what their time is worth and that isn't necessarily cheap and it's a big investment and some people just don't have that money so if you haven't got money and you're looking for a free or a very budget way of learning a language and you want to do it by yourself what are the best ways of doing it what do you do for those guys oh, well i have my blog in which i try to describe um the way i think about german learning and how to make it more efficient if you are self-learner even and i give a lot of guidance because that is what you need like as a self i i was an autonomous german learner uh, not german learner language learner in in many languages i had to deal with mm -hmm. and um it's important to First of all, set a clear goal. You have to have a goal. And it's easiest to set a goal like, okay, I want to do the B1 exam in, let's say, 12 months from now. If you're not in a hurry, maybe six months from now. And then calculate what do I need to know for that exam. So you evaluate what is needed. And then you have to find the material that brings you there. So you need to do a lot of preparation Yeah, we Germans love to prepare and then the process is smooth. So you need a lot of time. Either you have money or you have time. Yeah. So mm -hmm. if you don't have the funds to, to pay a private tutor. That's a really good point. Either you, you have need money to, or you have time. Yeah, that's what people pay me for. I save them a lot of time. I can save you up to 400 hours of your lifetime. And if you make 100 euro an hour or 50 euro, even 10 euro an hour, that's 4,000 euro. Yeah. 4,000 euro you can save if you save 400 hours of your lifetime. We have setting a clear goal. We have preparing. Um, very well. Yeah, preparing very well. Be so you're saying prepare before you start? Certainly, certainly. Mm -hmm. uh, it will save you so much frustration because there will be hard times. And, and what in does hard that times, look like? The structure is what makes you go through this. What is what like? Sorry? What does preparing look like? As I said... Um, Find out what you need to know for to reach that goal. What mm -hmm. do you need to know to master a B1 exam? You can think of exams whatever you like. First of all, I, I learned to love them over the years because they are not that far from reality as you might think, but they don't really communicate that. And an exam is a really clear goal. It doesn't mean that you are perfect in language or fluent or people will love your German. It's not the, not the point, but it gives you a direction. You know where to head. And they are clearly defined. So you take a look at that, you know what grammar you need to do, what vocabulary you need to know, what sentence structures. It's it's just lovely. Yeah, They help a lot, no matter what you do with it. Okay, let me argue that this... I'm a German person living in non-Germany, and you're a German person having lived in non-Germany, and I feel like this is the most German way we could possibly go about something. Well, I'm a German teacher, to, what do you expect? I know! 
So it's like we research things and then we are prepared and then we make a plan and then we go through the plan. This is very efficient. Would you? What would you say to the arguments that might bring? Um, my mischievous side is bringing this argument internally right now. Um, what would you say to the argument that that sounds incredibly joyless and speaking from day one sounds way more fun? And fun is important because otherwise you're not going to do anything. First of all, I would contradict that assumption. Fun is not as important as other people might make you think or people might make you think. But um, first of all, joyless, uh, second of all, <laughs> uh, yeah, sure, it's boring to prepare. It depends. It's like planning a journey. Some people just like to go to a country and see whatever happens. Other people like to prepare. You have to find a way that suits your character, of course. And this approach is certainly not for everyone. And not everyone has the skill to prepare something properly. So what they do is they jump into the cold water, as we say in German, ins kalte Wasser springen. And then they make the best out of it. Some people are good at that. Some people just drown on the way. And many people who start learning on their own give up learning as soon as it gets difficult. So what I'm preparing or pre proposing is prepare for the bad times. And that's why I created Smarter German to help you guys learning German out there to not drown on your way. Yeah, Because if you learn German, you have to be aware that this is a, at least two years struggle. And you will have joy, sure. It's joy to learn a language by nature. If you are able to express yourself and, and get by in Germany or Austria or whatever country speaks German, that's a pleasure. It's a success. But it comes with fear and frustration. And anyone telling you there's a frustration-free way of learning German, I would call a scam yeah, or an entertainer. So then yeah, you, you can be entertained for a long time. But in my eyes, that's deceiving. Learning is work and hard work at times, and the fun is in progressing. And it can make, you see, you can make the work worthwhile and enjoyable, sure. Yeah? Mm -hmm. But, yeah, saying learning, learning has to be fun is, is, in my eyes, creating expectations that cannot be uphold. And it's fun to work with me, by the way. It's not that, <laughs> yeah, I'm not torturing you um, while learning. It's The fun is in the interaction with the teacher as well. If you don't have a teacher... You need to find someone to speak to. And one last thing may I say, because you said, I want to speak from day one. Feel free to do so. But keep in mind, if you start speaking right away, you might get used to a wrong pronunciation and maybe a bad pronunciation. It's mm -hmm. more important, and I realized that after three years, more and more, and my partner that I work with and who does the conversation training for me mainly, she, we noticed that listening is much, much more important than speaking you have to speak a little bit in german but the more you can delay it and 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 refine your listening the better you would speak later on and also the better the structure will be be because the german structure is so crucially different from your mother tongue most likely mm -hmm. that it takes time to get used to that you need new synapses in your brain and that takes time physically takes time yes it's a physical process i find that german does have and this, I think perhaps this is why people consider German so, so difficult, because I think on the surface, German isn't that difficult. There is a lot of vocab divergence. It's quite friendly, really, for the first sort of, you know, you, you can, if you're a teacher who goes at a level pace, you can stretch the friendliness into a good six lessons. Um, and I think, <laughs> and then, it, and then suddenly it goes, so word order. Or so this and this and that. And then you, you know, th I agree that listening and, you know, and seeing written German, I think, as well, because um, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm quite, you know, which is partly why I did a pronunciation course, partly because I want to make people aware very early on about the connection between spelling and speaking. Um, I'm I'm learning Welsh at the moment and one of the courses I follow is Say Something in Welsh, which is a podcast. And the guy continuously says, um, don't look at the notes, don't look at the notes, just just follow this, just just speak. And I'm no way, no way. I'm I'm no way. I'm downloading the notes, I'm writing it all down, and I am persistently getting picked up by a tutor on my spelling. Because as I listen to Welsh, Welsh Mm -hmm. it's it has some vowels that are really weird so there's mm -hmm. a sound that is e but it's written like a u 
And so I think what this course wants to avoid is that I just read things off the page and pronounce them all wrong. So mm -hmm. I pronounce things correctly, but I can't write them. And because I communicate through the internet so much, I really want to write. And I just don't understand how people can't make the connection between spelling and pronunciation. It is such a crucial aspect. Absolutely. So, so important. And that's, by the way, guys, that's why you should do the speak like speak German like a native course, because you're going to come out of spelling better. I don't say that in the marketing, but I'm saying it to you now and I'm feeling very passionate about this. I absolutely agree with you. And, uh, <laughs> Thank you. And another great tool for this is dictations. Massively. Dictations are mm. immense help in this. And uh, you, that's why I'm not a fan of audio courses. They are good in the car or on the bike when you cannot read, yeah? obviously. But to just learn and sit somewhere half an hour or 45 minutes and listen to, to people talking like instructing yeah like michel thomas is is one of the most acclaimed courses although i highly doubt most people pay for it um it's a waste of time because you can learn much faster when you have things written in in front of you yeah mm. and this this goes back to the four core skills which are reading speaking listening and writing and yes. you only progress well when all four and you only progress in a way where you don't fall Of the wagon, you only progress in a way that builds foundations if you follow all four of these skills. And also, you can you you just become more autonomous. You see a word written somewhere, and by having prepared reading or learned how to put that into real sound, into good German sound, you you will speak better German. Mm -hmm. So, can you recommend one or two exercises for our solo learners that are listening? I think dictations is a very good and interesting start. So how could somebody how could somebody make that work for themselves by themselves? I I work with my clients with a book that I had I, I paid someone to write that book for a completely different purpose, but I realized I can make better use of it for this purpose. So take a book. It doesn't have to be an easy reader, but it shouldn't be something philosophical. Yeah, and this just if your intellect is busy with figuring out what he wants to say or she, uh, you cannot focus on the language. So take an easy book. It could be um, easy reader if you want, but honestly, anything. Um, prepare the vocabulary of the book. Skim through the book and mark the words you don't know. Put, enter, enter them into memorize and study the vocabulary before you actually read that. Again, I'm into preparing. If you're lucky, you understand already 50% of the text. That's also nice. And then you, you get into the experience right away. And what I do then is I let people listen to that book, to that chapter, while they read along. So they associate the sound with the writing. They learn that fa-ta is written with an E-R, although I hear an A. So that means you need the audio of the material that you are reading and this is what i always recommend and then the dictation is the next logical step so that you actually put that into writing because then you also have a haptical representation of that information mm. you are doing the language by writing it and dictation is mainly just reproduction you don't have to invest energy into thinking okay what do i write how do i formulate it so it's the first simple step to get into writing And writing is then coming later. And only then, last thing, only then, I say to people, hey, now listen to that text that you have prepared well. Because now you can understand or recognize what you have learned before. If you listen to unknown material like the radio and you're a beginner, I'm talking about the beginners mainly, then you have actually no chance to really recognize anything and if you don't recognize something you cannot learn i could listen to chinese radio for the rest of my life 24 hours trust me i might be able to reduce a few sounds but i would never figure out what they mean mm. but if i prepared a radio show and i knew what topic it is about i stand a chance to proceed to progress with my chinese i really like yeah. the way you've devised an exercise there that combines listening writing And also reading. So your reading comes first, then comes your listening, then comes your writing. So you're, you're training three skills that, trust me, these aren't as sexy. People, you know, that, that because that you don't you don't imagine yourself in a foreign country. Oh, I'm going to be reading at people. But actually, 
for your orientation and for your needs and for your skill improvements, all three of these are hugely, hugely important. Yeah. And you see there's two steps alone and I have a third step that involve listening because it's really, really important to listen well. If yeah. you listen well, you can recycle a lot of what you hear. Yeah, That saves energy. It's efficient. That is true. That is true. And I feel like a lot of, I often have said to people previously, that, you know, things about, the thing about watching TV or listening to the radio, I also, maybe we come at this from a teacher's perspective and say, oh, but it's inefficient, right? You're not actually learning anything much. And here is something that Ron Gullickson, who is a language surfer, said to me when I interviewed him for the podcast, I was chatting to him about this. And he also said, oh, Yes, language, you know, I, I love listening to the radio really, really early. And he's somebody who is, um, has trained with the military and in a very intense way mm -hmm. learned Arabic and been an Arabic translator. So you can't discount what, you know, what somebody says when their experience has obviously worked. And mm -hmm. I really enjoyed, I really took his point on this where he said, I like to make myself uncomfortable as early as possible. Yeah, it's a nice approach, um, mm. but it's not for everyone. Yeah, and... Being uncomfortable causes rejection, causes um, resistance. Mm -hmm. And if you're on your own, not everyone is made or built or trained to, to overcome this rejection. I guess, yeah. But, I mean, a soldier might tell us that, actually. <laughs> that's one thing. It's a soldier. And another thing I want to point out, um, yes, he has achieved good stuff. The military, especially in the U.S., I don't know where he's from. The U.S., um, yeah. The U.S. selects crucially, I don't know how, maybe that's not the right word, but they meticulously, they select the people who get into these language programs. I know that, I forgot the name, but it's a love, an interesting idea. And they have, I, call, I think it's called ZVAB, I'm not sure. They have preparation books for that. And I like the idea how they assess these people. So he is already highly qualified. He's ah. not the standard German learner or standard language learner. And this is what, is my problem with polyglots, yeah, lovely people. That's not about being a polyglot per se. But just knowing 20 languages or five languages doesn't make you a good teacher. You have to be able to feel yourself into the learner that is of average skill. Everyone thinks a bit better of themselves, hopefully, and they deserve to. But my focus is the average German learner. I work with highly skilled people in person because that is how I work best in person. But my material is thought for people who are just normal and just want to learn a language properly and need guidance mm -hmm. um, because I, I don't just want to work with 1% of the population, I want to work with 100% of the German learners so always keep that in mind that doesn't mean that, of course you can derive information, extract information useful information from his experience and his skill, certainly yeah? also from the polyglots, they have good advice, the question is how do you as a normal learner differentiate between good and bad you make if you make the assumption that just because he speaks five languages his advice is good you might be on the wrong track yeah mm -hmm. and so be careful and that's the point that's something only a professional in my eyes can see yeah that's very so interesting has his approach worked for other people or many other people or not it's scientific in science you can claim everything yeah, there's a unicorn living on the moon but if other people cannot reproduce your assumption or your experiment then it's crap yeah <laughs> then it's just a fantasy mm -hmm. so the masses prove that your concept works and this is always the tricky part yeah proof yeah and that brings it back to it brings it back to ultimately <clears throat> it's it's interesting that because what you're creating is is fired by the ambition that you want to work with every single German learner out there, which I think is incredible because the diversity is enormous. It's just huge. And you, you know, there are, there are the kind of, you know, because not just the diversity of skill or diversity of what people, because skill is relative. I, I, I so often tell people, look, you're not too old. You're certainly not too stupid and you're definitely not too forgetful. This is all nonsense that you're putting, you know, so it's not low skill. It's, it's high excuses, really. Mm -hmm. um, but that, that being, you know, put to one side. How do you make everybody 
do you want everybody, first of all, to come to you with a clean slate? Or do you, you know, because you said earlier, you hope that, you know, you hope for learners as a teacher that come to you with a clean slate so that you can kind of sort them out with your method. And I think set a clear goal, prepare properly and, you know, work work with a teacher who knows what they're doing are incredibly yeah. good points no matter what, you know, no matter what your previous experience has been. These are all, you know, this is timeless advice. Absolutely. But how do we, how does someone who is say in the USA who doesn't have access to to online lessons very easily who might not just who might just be incredibly busy with you know with lots and lots of other things and have this dream of speaking German how do they get one step closer to the dream is it you got to commit otherwise it's not going to happen is that what you're basically saying um how to say let me ausholen a little bit <laughs> <laughs> Let me take a little step back. Thank you. So I, I want to be precise. I don't want to work with everybody because simply physically I'm not able to and time-wise not. So I focus my private time on on people that I work best best with in person. Yeah, And uh, that's why I'm also very expensive from a normal point of view. I'm still very, I'm discount compared to the Goethe Institute. Yeah, But that's another topic. So I want to work for everybody who learns German. I want to work for you and make your life a lot easier and save you a lot of time. If you work in person, I save you a lot of time already. But if I create good material, I can save you, let's say, 100 hours yeah, instead of 400. But that's still 100 hours of your lifetime. And what you get by that is more self-esteem, a better experience, and you're more autonomous. That's the aim, because you learn a language to become a more autonomous person. Yeah? You don't learn a language to be dependent on people for half a year or nine months. You learn it to go out there and use it and gain what you want to gain from it. You don't learn the language just for the language's sake. That is for people who have a lot of time and consider that a hobby. This is a tiny fraction. Most people learn it because they need German, they love German, they want German. And if they say they love German, they usually also love the German culture and people or for whatever reason. Yeah, I, I know we are lovable people, but everyone has its own purpose, uh, reason for loving it. So this is one thing. And how does someone who's very busy come closer to being fluent? You have to be very honest to yourself. If you do not have time, if you have half an hour a day, consider learning German a hobby and Consider the possibility that you will never become fluent if you're an average learner. If you're a highly intelligent and language-gifted learner, you stand a slight chance. But you have no time that you can invest and you have no structure that is efficiently designed. You're highly unlikely to become fluent. I don't believe everyone can become fluent. Mm -hmm. And it strongly depends on your effort that you put in and that effort needs to be well-guided or well-organized. And if you're not a well-organized person look for a tutor or just enjoy it as a hobby. Enjoy the process as it is, but don't expect to become fluent. Mm -hmm. I'm very honest about that. If I see people who don't have time, I don't work with them because it doesn't make sense. This is a, and, and I want to just add to that, perhaps my personal point of view, mm -hmm. if you don't become fluent, that's okay. Like yeah. I'm learning, I'm learning, you know, as we all know, because I keep banging on about it. I'm learning <laughs> Welsh. Did you know? <laughs> I haven't heard that yet. Before that, before that, I learned a little bit of Russian. But heck, I can say like three things in Russian, and then it just it sort of petered out. And sometimes you've got to, you know, you you've got to make that cut and go. Okay, well, I can now read Cyrillic. That's one thing learned, and and you know, then the muse of the muse of a different language was calling to me, and I am doing it as a hobby, and I'm very aware of that. I may not become fluent. I have advantages because. I, I have learned, you know, this is not my first rodeo, so to say. This is my sixth, seventh foreign language. And I also have extrovert qualities that make it easier for me to, you know, make an idiot of myself as I speak and make a lot of mistakes. But I don't even aim for fluency right now. I'm kind of aiming to, I'm aiming to become good enough that I can go to Wales and not take the complete beginner's course and spend a week there and enjoy, you know, enjoy what I'm doing. But that's another, for me, this is a big error that you can make as an independent learner who doesn't have that much time. You start with 
some kind of imaginary end goal in mind and your end goal is complete and utter fluency living in the country feeling like a native that's nice that's a dream but that's not a goal and that's not something to that that's not like you say you may never get there and you know use it as inspiration and motivation but it's the same as if tomorrow i was launching an app and i was my only goal in the world and i would only i would have failed if i haven't basically in two years come out um being google it just doesn't in my eyes it just doesn't really it's it's setting your goals too high so yeah. i i really want to just you know add to what you said and said you know it's not possible necessarily for everybody in the world to become fluent in german and and even every german learner who you know doesn't have the time enough you know they might not become 100% fluent in german but that's okay because it can be good without being fluent yeah and there's one one other thing that comes to my mind when we talk about this um i at times get requests or I see on Quora, I, I every now and then hang out there uh, that people say, um, what job opportunities do I get when I speak German? And that shows me that these people think just learning German will solve their problem or will get them a better job. That's completely uh, the wrong approach because just knowing five languages doesn't do much to you unless you're a trans, uh, how to say, translator or interpreter. Um, you need to have skill that then you want to express in German or express with the help of German, yeah, in a German company or with German people. Mm. Just learning German doesn't make your life better. Um, it depends on what your aim is with that. It does, so, it does keep, a little bit. It does a little bit. Only if you have skill. <laughs> if you have no skill and speak German, nobody cares. You could speak 20 languages and have no skill. What would I do with you? I would look at you and say, wow, amazing what human beings can do. I wouldn't hire you ever from a company because I wouldn't know what for. Mm -hmm. yeah? mm -hmm. So that's one thing. Keep it real. Keep it very real. And this is something that I, I, I do. If I get unreal requests, I'm, I'm very blunt about it. Yeah? And friendly, as friendly as I can be, um, I'm very open and saying, guys, you need to focus on what is more, most important. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's, German is not the most important thing. You're certainly the most matter of fact and... Being a German, the most German person I've ever had on the podcast. <laughs> I, I realized that myself. Yes, and I, yeah. I think I think it's brilliant. I think it's a different uh, a different point of view and a breath of fresh air compared to what we normally get. Which is, you know, there is, you know, we're very motivational, um, and it's the challenges really. I think are in language learning are to combine structure with freedom and joy, mm -hmm. and to combine motivation with serious hard work yeah and in that sense language learning is no different to anything else <laughs> but you know it's it's it, you gotta you gotta be aware that what you're aiming for is not an easy feat so you know it's like if you were if you're learning the piano you don't aim to become a world-class i was going to name somebody but can't think of anyone um, but, you know, like, you don't aim to become a world... Lang Lang, I think, or does he play the violin? I think, isn't he a piano player? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that the... the, the I, I also came up with violinists. If you're learning the violin... Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, you're not going to become a world-class performer like yesterday. You also don't need to have started at five years old. You can still get there, but it's an awful lot of work. Um, and it reminds me of the Malcolm Gladwell theory of 10,000 hours to mastery. That is probably something to that. Okay, Michael, one more question before I aim um, to talk about our tips of the week. And let me just quickly interject and give thanks and mention our sponsor for the episode, which is Hello Talk, Talk to the World. And it's like we said before, you can only you can only use a language exchange as a useful puzzle piece in what you're doing. Language exchanges themselves might not teach you a language. However, even, even as you are learning a language and you do want to find somebody to talk to, and imagine if you live in Montana and you want to learn Korean or you live in, I don't know, Siberia and you want to learn Dutch 
it might be a little bit difficult to even, you know, there might not be teachers around. Even in Lancaster, there aren't any Welsh teachers. And you might not be able to find them that easily. You might put up flyers on your campus and you go looking for people around town. Or you might just feel really chained to your computer because you're always on italki and on Skype and you don't know how to move around. And I like what HelloTalk has done for mobile language learning as an option. I think it's really, really great because it's an app and we all love apps and apps are very uh, 2015 and it's friendly. It's easy to find people. It's easy to set up a profile. It has great privacy controls as well. So you don't actually, you know, if you're feeling a bit conscious of that, you're not giving too much of yourself away. You can set your searchability um, quite rigidly. Um, but there's so much stuff for language learning there. It's, there's lots and lots of features. It really makes you want to play. And I think it certainly has its place. So if you haven't got somebody to practice and you want to practice on your phone, perhaps while you're, I was going to say while you're driving, don't do that. Um, but, you know, while you're sitting, sitting at the doctor's waiting room or you're on the bus, um, mobile phones are huge. This is great for learners of Asian languages, especially because mobile phones are enormously popular in China, Korea, Japan, Vietnam. So if you're learning those languages, um, HelloTalk has a huge user base there. Check it out. Okay. Now, here comes my question for you, Michael. Mm-hmm. Why learn German? Because we're obviously talking about German learning, right? And in, in my audience, I'm, I'm, I might have a few aspiring polyglots um, sitting there who are thinking about, mm, what should my next language be? I've already learned five. Um, and let's... Let's take a minute and sell them German, would you? Honestly? Yeah. No. no. You know why? Because if you have to ask that question, learn something else. It comes naturally. Why do you need a rational reason to learn that language? You have it from the, if the motivation comes from the outside, which means like you analyze and you, you find rational reasons to learn a language, you will suffer much, much more than as if it came from inside. Like, for example, you meet a cool German or a lovely German you read a book, you want to read the philosophers in original, or uh, you're interested in Angela Merkel for whatever reason, look for an inside motivation. That question alone gives away that you don't have it yet in your heart. You could counter-argue, okay, that might develop over time, yeah, but that's like having a, a personal relationship, a love affair, a love relationship, saying, yeah, you know, I don't like you that much, you're okay, let's give it a try for half a year and see whether we fall in love. So I'm not sure whether that is the approach most people would really go for. I'm really about being passionate, but also to finding a grain of love or in the German language. Um, people who have to learn a language, which is a third category, the passionate, the rational, and the, the forced ones, yeah? may the forced be with you, um, they also suffer a lot. And if you really want to enjoy the ride, try to find a grain of love or a grain of compassion and passion for the German language and above all honestly a language without a culture is a highly intellectual thing and also satisfying but try to get into the German thinking and and experience that is my 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 strongest and um, most honest recommendation Mm -hmm. there's so many reasons to learn German Um, if you don't see them then probably um, it's not your language I'm sorry (laughs) to be so so straight about it Um, (laughs) Okay, yeah. so and, why, should why should you learn German? Because German, why should you learn German? Because you love it. It's funny, because, yeah. Because if you've got to ask that question, good. don't learn German. Because you love the Germans. Who doesn't love the Germans nowadays, at least? Mm. Huh? Depends on whom. There's certain Germans I don't love myself. So try to find the cool ones, the nice ones, the ones you appreciate and they are charming. You could start with the Bavarians, by the way. They are really funny and um, have a good humor. Charming. Yeah. (laughs) Because uh, we can be charming. We can be blunt and we can be charming. And that's perhaps because the German character is a little bit unique. (laughs) Possibly, like possibly any other nation. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I know. I I, I love the Germans. Yeah, you know, we have assholes like any other culture. So... But in general, um, it's a really down-to-earth approach and also very as honest as it can be possibly. Mm-hmm. And that's what people also struggle with, no? our honesty and our directness. So be prepared. Yeah? It might not be 
yeah, it might be a bit shocking every now and then. That's true. Germans are renowned, really, for calling it like it is. And I think Michael is showing us that he is calling things like they are. And yeah. with it is with a tiny amount of trepidation that I come to you and I will, I will offer my selection of tips of the week, Michael. Mm. Um, sure. if, I don't know whether you're aware of how tips of the week works, but this, okay. Um, I have selected three different language learning tips and ideas, um, various different ways of how you can make your language learning more effective, more enjoyable, etc. And out of those three tips, you get to choose your favorite and tell me why. And sure. don't hesitate to tell me why they're all rubbish. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Let's see. Tip number one, become a productivity master based on a blog article recently published on Five Minute Language with Agnieszka Karsh, um, who was, I think she's just got married, changed her name. So congratulations, Agnieszka. She's called Agnieszka Murdoch. Um, this article is called 12 Things Ultra Productive Language Learners Do Differently. And it contains a lot of productivity tips, such as goal setting, avoiding multitasking, using technology in a smart way, going offline when you need to, for example, using a Pomodoro technique of studying for a set amount of time and then giving yourself a little break, exercising, meditating, and fitting language learning around your lifestyle. So these 12 tips um, together make for an ultra productive language learner. Tip number two is plan your imaginary trip. If you are feeling your motivation fading or you are beginning to prepare for a specific, you're looking for a new goal, why not research an event or a specific season in your target country and really build your imagination board, plan your imaginary trip, think of when you're going to fly, imagine yourself on the flight, imagine arriving, how you're going to get from the airport to where you're staying, what are you going to say in the hotel, etc. And this can really take you through the basics of a language in a very entertaining way. If you do such a thing, plan your imaginary trip. Tip number three, sing grammar songs. Um, and, that, and by that, I don't mean sing the rules of grammar to yourself to the tune of Hit Me Baby One More Time, but instead... For example, the famous um, way of singing the German dative prepositions. Um, so you literally just strip out the absolute basics of what you're doing and then you sing them to the tune of a song that is very sticky. Um, and for me, I've, I did this recently in building my new grammar course, um, a video course where I ended up singing Aus, Ausser bei mit, Nachseit, von zu, to the tune of the Blue Danube. And oh my God, are they sticking in my head now? I swear. I'm, I'm a German, but obviously I do this. I do my cases correctly naturally most of the time. Um, but I practiced memorizing this as part of doing the course. So I kind of wanted to see if it really works. And heck, does it work? So our three productivity tips are become a productivity master by adopting these habits. Plan your imaginary trip or sing grammar songs. What do you think, Michael? Um, have, do I have a minute to, to just quickly comment on all? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I, my, my least favorite is the middle one. Not that it is not a good idea to visualize things. Actually, that's scientifically proven to improve yeah, efficiency and, and outcome. But I think many people will have, and me included, I would have completely problems. I would have problems trying to imagine something like this, an imaginary trip. What is that? Where does it go? But I'm old. I'm an old man. I'm 43 years old. So if you're young, maybe you have more fantasy in that regard. And I found over the years, like I've seen many, many students, uh, visualization is, is something that takes a long time to take effect, like to, to get accustomed to and to, to become fluent in that. I became fluent in visualization of memory images, mnemonic images when I was 20. So I'm still good at that. So this is the point. It takes too much effort for now, and I think many people might be unfamiliar with it. And I think it's the least efficient. It's not a bad advice, but it's the least efficient of them three. The second one in my list is the last one, sing grammar songs. Not only that what you have, because I also use grammar songs in my video course and in my teaching, but with Maggie, my companion, who does many, many more things um, than the conversation training with my clients, she has created, um, or we have together created, something we call binaural songs, which teaches you the German sentence structure by playing at the same time the English song 
on the left ear and the German song on the right ear. But it's not just an English translation, it's a literal translation, so that you get accustomed to the German sentence structure by using your English skill. And that's a really, that got so great feedback. Um, just look for binaural song, Smarter German, you will find that. It's an amazing new direction we are heading in. And we are producing more of these soon. But on their own, this is just one piece of a huge puzzle. So the first one is my absolute favorite. If you become more efficient in your learning structure and your working structure, not only your German or your language learning will benefit, but your whole life will benefit from that. And uh, this is what I've learned at least in the last three years since I am my own master and have found my own company uh, structuring myself. And I still have a lot of liberties and also a lot of unstructured time, um, but I think that is just necessary for creative thinkers and that you have a little bit of uncontrolled and unstructured space to, to just yeah, fantasize and, and develop new ideas. Mm. What, what excellent insights. I think binaural songs is definitely something that I will research and I'll put a link in the show notes for everybody so that you can find it as well. Thank you. Um, and I think adding to the productivity tips by saying don't over-productivity efficiency-ize yourself, um, but leave a little breathing space is something that is a... Oh, I love that. That's a wonderful tip. Thank you so much for, you know, just sharing that because I think it's really huge. And if, if someone who is as, um, I don't want to say obsessed, but as, uh, as such an advocate of efficiency recommends some unstructured time, <laughs> there's really got to be something to it. Okay. I like obsession. I like that. Is it... <laughs> you like obsession? That's good. Yeah. <laughs> so um we have reached the end of the podcast first of all thank you so much michael for taking uh an hour out of your day to talk to the to talk to me and to be on the creative language learning podcast i hope everybody has enjoyed this kind of very um it is a different perspective to to what we often hear on podcasts and it is a very um it, it you know i like that we you know you're not sweetening it up for people i think that's really something something extremely important and we had it with uh, Shannon who has previously been on the podcast as well and she sort of talked about language learning materials and how you you know we, we often talk about the learner taking a bit of responsibility for their own learning so I think that it's that is a, a different and important angle that we've got to come from your website is smartergerman.com um, and there's a blog on there there's a free online course where people can learn a1 German grammar, so a very in-depth course that is available for all learners of German. Um, is there anything else or how can people book you if they want to work with you? Do they have to come to Berlin? No, I work via the internet. And even if they're in Berlin, I work via Skype to save them an hour of traveling. Yeah. Okay. And one thing I want to note is the A1 course that's freely available. Um, it's not only for A1. Even if you're B2, you would benefit from it because I... Um, teach you learning techniques that you can apply even in the higher levels. I had to choose a name and A1 is a good start, but it's it's so much more. It's my, my masterpiece. I, I really love that course and I would just call it masterpiece or master course if it makes sense. But mm -hmm. yeah, learn how to learn and learn how to be a bit more efficient. So no, I and if you want to book me, I require people to make an effort to book me. If you write me one liner, please help me with my German. Um, possibly nowadays you wouldn't even get a response anymore because I simply don't have the time to teach you how to approach people yeah, so that they are interested in you. Make me interested in you because it's my lifetime. You, it's, I don't work for the money anymore. I, yeah, I, I need the money and I want to grow and want, have high aims. But if I want to spend personal time with you, I want to be interested in you and I want you to be interested in me, yeah? Because it's my life. Um, I'm not teaching as a profession. Uh, Smarter German is my life, is my vision, is my grand scheme until I die, yeah? Next to other things I have in mind. But So keep that in mind. You're talking to a person, to a human being, and I put a lot of love in this. I, I expect some love in return. Yeah. Well, I'm sure if somebody is still listening on, on <laughs> minute 59 of the podcast, that yeah. there is a real... <laughs> 
interest. I don't hear this. Hopefully, a real interest. So, if you are still listening, I'm going to try and get out of this before this hits an hour. Um, definitely, which means I've got about ten seconds left just to say goodbye. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Creative Language Learning Podcast. This was episode. 29 you can find me at fluentlanguage.co.uk my co-host Lindsay at lindsaydoeslanguages.com and you can find my guest Michael at smartergerman.com goodbye guys goodbye thanks for listening to the creative language learning podcast guys don't forget to subscribe and to rate the podcast in itunes or on stitcher that's always very much appreciated if you have any feedback or you've got any questions you can email me kirsten k-e-r-s-t-i-n at fluentlanguage.co.uk or you can find me on facebook fluent language tuition or on twitter at kirsten hammers that is k-e-r-s-t-i-n h-a-m-m-e-s -M -M -E 